Today is the 31st day of July. Welcome to PsalmsCast. I am Denise. It is a joy to be here with you as we end another week, and we are also wrapping up the month of July. Tomorrow will see us entering into a fresh adventure into the month of August. Yes, the 31st day of the month at PsalmsCast is a bit different, as there are no chapters of Psalms to travel through. Yesterday, we completed this month's journey, so this day is used as a recap and to consider what is your next journey into God's Word. Just a reminder, at the very end of the podcast today, we are wrapping up our going deeper study into God's Word of the book of Proverbs. Today, we are in chapter 31, and it's a powerful chapter. I hope you'll join us for that. But first, let's take a brief moment, as we do every day, to invite the Lord to be our focus and to also be our guide. Father, thank you. Thank you for taking us safely through the month of July. Thank you for bringing us here into your presence. Thank you that we can come into your presence. And Lord, we are here, coming humbly to seek you to spend time with you. We do desire to draw near to you, to get to know you more, and to be known by you. We desire to experience your mercy and your grace in the midst of our lives and the things we're going through. We ask that you would pour into us your truth and that you would enable us to have understanding. We are desperate, Lord. We know that we are nothing without you, and we desire to experience the peace and the joy that comes from you that is so different from what we find in the world. We are opening our minds, and we are opening our hearts to you. So lead, guide, and illuminate as we journey through this day. Yes, we have completed the journey through the book of Psalms, all 150 chapters. For some, there may have been aha moments. You may have just been interesting in being able to know that you have spent time considering this entire book at least one time in your life. And yes, the Lord will reward your faithfulness to get into His Word. The words you have heard, the Holy Spirit has tucked into your being. Hopefully, those things that have been planted, like seeds, will take root, grow, and produce spiritual fruit in your life and bless everyone around you. Yet, like tiny seeds that we plant for a garden, it is never a one-and-done experience of scattering some seeds and then forgetting about them until harvest time. God's Word testifies to the truth throughout the entire Bible. So let's consider what Jesus had to tell us about a parable of a sower that is found in Matthew chapter 13. That same day, Jesus left the house and went to sit by the sea. Large crowds gathered around him, and he got into a boat on the sea and sat there, The crowd stood on the shore waiting for his teaching. And so Jesus began to teach. 
On this day, he spoke in parables. Here is his first parable, Jesus. Once there was a sower who scattered seeds. One day he walked in a field, scattering seeds as he went. Some seeds fell beside a road, and a flock of birds came and ate all those seeds. So the sower scattered seeds in a field, one with shallow soil and strewn with rocks. But the seeds grew quickly amid all the rocks without rooting themselves in the shallow soil. Their roots got tangled up in all the stones. The sun scorched these seeds and they died. And so the sower scattered seeds near a path, this one covered with thorny vines. The seeds fared no better there. The thorns choked them, and they died. And so finally, the sower scattered his seeds in a patch of good earth. At home in the good earth, the seeds grew and grew. Eventually, the seeds bore fruit, and the fruit grew ripe and was harvested. The harvest was immense, 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Disciples, why do you speak to the people in parables? Jesus, the knowledge of the secrets of heaven have been given to you, but it has not been given to them. Those who have something will be given more, and they will have abundance. Those who have nothing will lose what they have. They will be destitute. I teach in parables so the people may look but not see, listen but not hear or understand. They are fulfilling Isaiah's prophecy. You will listen, but you will not understand. You will look, but you will not see. The people's heart have turned to flab. Their ears are clogged. Their eyes are shut. They will try to see, but they will not see. They will try to hear, but they will not hear. They will try to understand, but they will not comprehend. If they, with their blindness and deafness, so choose, then I will heal them. Many holy prophets and righteous men and women and people of prayer and doers of good have wanted to see, but did not see, and have wanted to hear, but did not hear. Your eyes and ears are blessed. This is what the parable of the sower means. It is about the kingdom of heaven. When someone hears the story of the kingdom and cannot understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away whatever goodness and holiness has been sown in the heart. This is like the seeds sown beside the road. You know people who hear the word of God and receive it joyfully, but then somehow the word fails to take root in their hearts. It is temporary. As soon as there is trouble for those people, they trip. Those people are the seeds strewn on the rocky soil. And you know people who hear the word, but it is choked inside them because they constantly worry and prefer the wealth and pleasures of the world. They prefer drunken dinner parties to prayer, power to piety, and riches to righteousness. These people are like the seeds sown among thorns. 
The people who hear the word and receive it and grow in it, those are like the seeds sown on good soil. They produce a bumper crop 30 or 60 or 100 times what was sown. Our Father in heaven plants many seeds in order to ensure that some seeds bear fruit. The final harvest, however, is worth any amount of hard work. Every day, when we are in God's Word, seeds are being planted in our life. And yes, some of those seeds will take root and they will grow. But sometimes those seeds, they get choked, just like what Jesus was talking about. So yes, I do invite you to continue to journey along with PsalmsCast as we journey through the Psalms yet again in August. There is such an amazing wealth of treasures that one journey cannot even begin to capture. Now for some, you're ready to move on, and I understand that. And there are many other excellent podcasts out there. Perhaps you're just ready to move on to a different topic. Many church ministries have podcasts that are often an excellent way to draw closer to the Lord. Yet, I personally find that listening to God's Word to be the most powerful food in my life. It's food. It's manna. It's it's strength. It fills me. And some days, I'll just open... BibleGateway.com on my browser and start at the beginning of a chapter of interest, say like the book of Romans. Bible Gateway offers many translations and many of them have an audio Bible feature. I click on the audio Bible and allow God's word to just filter into my ears, my mind, and to be nourished by the living word. Bible Gateway also does have an app for your digital device as well. Some of the podcasts that I personally enjoy are Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, Calvary Chapel Kanaoe, which is K-A-N-E-O-H-E, and Passion City Church. An app that I've recently been introduced to is Abide. You might want to check that one out as well. Gracious Heavenly Father, why do we humans mean anything to you? Why do you care about us? We are so grateful for being able to come into your presence each and every single day, just to center ourselves, to draw near to you, to receive your mercy and your grace. Thank you for your word the Bible, and especially all the wonders revealed to us each day in the Psalms. Teach us how to continually converse with you through all the moments of the day so that we can be established in your presence. Lord, it is only you who can prevent any of us from falling. It is only you who can, who can repair what is defective. We invite you in. Enlighten all the areas of darkness inside us. Strengthen what is weak. Mend that which is broken. Find those areas that are bruised. Heal us from the sickness inside. And revive whatever peace and love has died within us. 
We are incapable of doing these things, Lord, if you leave us to ourselves. So we ask you, come, come in a mighty wave into our life and transform us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, those who desire to dive deeper into God's Word, hang in here for just a few more seconds as we wrap up this part, and then we'll be jumping into the last chapter of the book of Proverbs, chapter 31. If you desire to connect with PsalmsCast to share your thoughts, to ask questions, to ask us to pray for you, or to request a Bible, Our email address is psalmscast at gmail.com. If you prefer to call or text, the number in the United States is 470-240-1509. For those outside the United States, we recommend using WhatsApp. That number is 1-470-240-1509. You can also make a connection through social media, PsalmsCast is on Facebook, Twitter, and MeWe. That's it for today. I am Denise. I love you, and I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Going deeper into the Word of God begins in five seconds. Going deeper into the Word of God. Proverbs chapter 31. Throughout the journey... Of this month, going through the powerful book of Proverbs, we have taken glimpses into King Solomon's life. This is the man that God desired to build his temple, to house his Ark of the Covenant, a place where God's people could come together during the annual feast to celebrate, to repent, to get a reset, and a realignment so that they could live in the light of the Lord. So, does God need a house? No, he does not. But King David was bothered that God had blessed him so abundantly. And while he was living in a marvelous palace, God's ark that held the covenant dwelt in a tent. Yet God told the prophet Nathan that David was not to build a building for the ark. We find this in 1 Chronicles chapters 28 and 29. God spoke to King David. And this is what he said to him. Your son Solomon, though younger, is the one who will execute your plans to build my house and my courts. For I shall be his father, and he will be my son. I will settle him and his descendants as my representatives in my temple and in my kingdom forever, if he follows your lead and resolutely performs my commandments and my ordinances." And then just jumping forward to verse 9, this is what King David said to you, my son Solomon, maintain a relationship with the God of your father and serve him with a complete heart in all your thoughts and actions. The eternal searches all hearts for their desires and understands the intentions of every thought. If you search for him, As he searches you, then he will let you find him. But if you abandon him, then he will reject you forever. Realize that the Eternal has chosen you to build a temple as a sanctuary. You must be resolute 
and do it. Yes, King Solomon was faithful and did build the temple to house God's Ark of the Covenant. He was renowned for so many things, and yet Samuel did all three of the things that God had commanded the kings of his chosen people not to do. We have talked about that many times in the past days. And you know it is a warning to all of us that being a child of the living God is not a one-and-done type of experience. It is a day-by-day and even a moment-by-moment series of choices and decisions. So let's head into the last chapter of the book of Proverbs. As I read, simply allow God's words of wisdom to wash over you, to wash through you. Trusting the Holy Spirit to be planting the seeds and alerting you to what He wants you to consider today. Remember, the purpose of this section is for you to learn from the Holy Spirit how to apply God's truth in your life. Before we get started, The Voice has a really good summary of this chapter that I want to start off with. Marrying the right person is one of the most important decisions most people ever make, so they must choose wisely and carefully. The book of Proverbs ends with a tribute to a wise choice in a wife. She is strong, independent, capable, and cares for her husband, her family, and the poor. She runs the whole household. In ancient Israel, this would mean a large extended family including servants with all of their activities and the family business. Her husband would sing her praises publicly before the community leaders. Those who know her would admire her for her skills, her industry, and her character. So this chapter starts off with King Lemuel's... Who is King Lemuel? We'll discuss that afterwards. King Lemuel's mother warns him of the great dangers of women and wine in different ways. Back then and here in 2021, both have brought down great leaders. Both are certainly detractors to a king's true work, defending the poor. Proverbs chapter 31. These are the words of King Lemuel an oracle of wisdom handed down to him by his mother. Mother, what shall I say to you, my son? What wisdom can I impart, child of my womb? What insight can I share, son of my vows? Do not waste your strength on women or invest yourself in women who would destroy even kings. Take care, my son, O Lemuel. Kings should not drink too much wine, or rulers should not crave strong drinks. For if they do, they will become drunk and forget the decree they just made and alter the course of justice for all the poor and afflicted. Rather, give liquor to one who is dying and offer wine to those struggling with life's harsh realities. Let such a one drink and forget what he is missing. Then perhaps he won't remember his sorrows anymore. Speak out on behalf of those who have no voice and defend all those who have been passed over. Open your mouth 
judge fairly, and stand up for the rights of the afflicted and the poor. Who can find a truly excellent woman, one who is superior in all that she is and all that she does? Her worth far exceeds that of rubies and expensive jewelry. She inspires trust, and her husband's heart is safe with her, and because of her, he has every good thing. Every day of her life, she does what is best for him, never anything harmful or hurtful. Delight attends her work and guides her fingers as she selects the finest wool and flax for spinning. She moves through the market like merchant ships that dock here and there in distant ports, finally arriving home with food she's carried from afar. She rises from bed early in the still of night, carefully preparing food for her family and providing a portion to her servants. She has a plan. She considers some land and buys it. Then with her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She wraps herself in strength, carries herself with confidence, and works hard, strengthening her arms for the task at hand. She tastes success and knows it is good, and under lamplight she works deep into the night. Her hands skillfully place the unspun flax and wool on the distaff, and her fingers twist the spindle until thread forms. She reaches out to the poor and extends mercy to those in need. She is not worried about the cold and snow for her family, for she has clothed them all in warm crimson coats. She makes her own bed linens and clothes herself in purple and fine cloth. Everyone recognizes her husband in the public square, and no one fails to respect him as he takes his place of leadership in the community. She makes linen garments and sells them in the market, and she supplies belts for trademen to carry across the sea. Clothed in strength and dignity, there is nothing to fear. She smiles when she thinks about the future. She conducts her conversations with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is ever her concern. She directs the activities of her household, and never does she indulge in laziness. Her children rise up and bless her. Her husband, too, joins in the praise, saying, But of all of them, only you are truly excellent. Charm can be deceptive, and physical beauty will not last long. But a woman who reveres the eternal shall be praised above all others. Celebrate all she has achieved. Let her accomplishments publicly praise her. As a young teen, I read this chapter over and over again. And I had no idea what to make of it because, really, I don't even know what flax is. And I've never made thread out of wool. So these were really hard for me to understand if I took them literal. And our world today is much different as most of the women do not stay at home and run their own household. They are engaged in the workforce outside their home. You know, honestly, 
choices and decisions that we made as young people did set the pattern. And that is why many of us are working outside of our home. So when we read something like this, it's really easy to say, this does not apply to me. And yet it does. God will use even this because it's showing that we're trusting God. We're looking to God and we say, okay, so as a woman, God, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to have a business? How am I supposed to make sure that I'm buying healthy food and preparing meals for my kids when I have to leave an hour before I'm due at work and it takes me an hour to get home and I'm just so exhausted at the end of the day I can barely breathe? Yeah, I get it. But God has a plan for every single one of us. And I do want to encourage you, especially those who have young daughters, or even teenage daughters, prayerfully consider what you are telling your daughters to do, what pathways you are teaching them about debt, about borrowing money before you buy something. Because a lot of times, what we have found in our family is our debt became our slave driver. That's why I had to get a job outside the house so that we could pay our bills. And if I had never gotten into that debt or if we hadn't gotten into that debt, then we would not have had to do that. You know, when we were a young couple, we went to a teaching and it talked about being at home versus going back to work after the baby was born. And they actually had us plot out exactly how much daycare cost and all the expenses of having a baby. And what we found out personally for our experience, and yes, I had a career job that paid about $25,000, which back in that day was pretty significant. What we found out is that my actual earnings that I would take home and that would I would be bringing into our household was $2,000 a year. It was pretty shocking. And yes, at first, I did stay at home. And then we made poor choices and poor decisions financially. That's why I went back to work. And yes, uh, probably 40% of every dollar I earned went for childcare. It was crazy. But that was the choice and decision that we had made by choosing to buy things on credit. Yes, our world does look different, but God can use this chapter to show us a different way, a way that will bless our families, bless our children, bless our spouses, bless the world around us. So we are at the end of the book of Proverbs, yet there are several other books that are said to be written by King Solomon. Ecclesiastes and the Song of Songs or the Song of Solomon. Some believe that Solomon wrote the book of Solomon in his youth, the books of Proverbs in his middle age, and the book of Ecclesiastes 
when he was old. So if you want to continue to read the writings of King Solomon, that's where you can start.